2: The NBA is back. Where else can you get this
0: type of drama? Where
3: else does history hang from the Raptors? Jalen Brown
0: throws it down. Where else is your
1: own city home to your biggest rival? The battle
3: of LA is
1: real, people.
2: And 30 feet is still in range.
1: Where else can a city this loud be this slept on? Where else is history still in the making? Oh my goodness. Where else? The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV.
3: Sean Payton, keep talking that We're going to see him soon. You feel me?
1: Welcome to Budding Heads Podcast from Rams Talk Radio. We got a new theme music this week, Johnny. There may or may not be a soundbite in it. I don't know if it's getting approved. This podcast is being recorded a whole 16 days before we drop it. So this is coming out on July 10th. Johnny, I have no idea who Jimmy Butler plays for. Uh, we're recording this in the past. Is Kawhi Leonard still a Raptor? Is, is anybody injured? I don't know. Well, if somebody got injured, we'd probably scan this podcast, but how are you feeling my fellow time traveler?
3: Well, I mean, I think we're going to see a lot more players going on to the Lakers and, you know, seeing that championship team built and, you know, just I listeners, you can't see this and neither can I, but the eye rolling of Steve is happening right as I speak right now.
1: I'm more sweating because there's a chance my beloved 76ers might be in shambles right now uh, if they do not keep Jimmy Butler and Tobias Harris, but I don't want to talk about that because... That might suck, and you guys might make fun of me. <laughs> but <laughs> hey, here we are. Today is the first of our four-part Rams schedule preview series. Uh, we did this last year. We predicted the schedule. Johnny, I think you were pretty close to the me. Uh, what you predict? Fourteen and two, 15 and one last year.
3: I think I predicted fourteen and two.
1: Yeah. So yeah, close enough. Uh, the Rams went. They're, they went 13-3, and three, right? I don't have their yeah. <laughs> thank God. Uh, I'm glad I didn't get that wrong on the podcast. But, hey, we're previewing the first four games of the season this week. But before we get there, guys, don't forget, you can get our podcast wherever you get your podcast, whether it's SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Player FM, Radio Public, and Spotify. Give us a five-star review, like, rate, subscribe. The whole, You know what to do. If you haven't given us a review yet... And you're listening to us especially on Apple Podcasts, please get that review in. It's only going to help us give you a better podcast. And of course, don't forget you can find our feed on the Clutch Points app. And don't forget to check out our other shows on the feed, Rams Uncensored and Rams Talk Radio. But let's get into this. The Rams open up the season, perfect timing, 10 o'clock in the morning for the Rams in Carolina to take on the Panthers. Uh, this is... It's a pretty uninspiring opening game, but you know what? Hopefully, this will be a nice win for the Rams. But let's talk a little bit about Carolina. They were 7-9 and last year. It was a bit disappointing. Do you see the Panthers being better this year? You know, I, I think the
3: Panthers, I think there will be aspects of their game that might be a little bit better because I, I don't know if you recall, but early in the season last last year they look they looked like they were going to be a contender
1: yep and started then out the, six and two finished seven and nine so it was a uh, drastic fall for the panthers
3: yeah exactly and to their in all fairness there was a lot of things that went wrong in carolina and the thing is i don't know if they really did a whole lot to get that much better but we'll see. I I'm not that confident in the Carolina Panthers. I think uh, another another uh, seven and nine bullshit season is in order.
1: The Panthers are weird, man. Because like they went eleven and five before the year before, seven and nine last year. I don't think they got that much worse in between the seasons. And you know, even though they didn't get really better, uh, I still think their record will be better than seven and nine because. They got they got a lot of good players, uh, Christian McCaffrey, Luke Kuechly, obviously Cam Newton, uh, who's kind of an enigma at this point. But they're not bad. They're a decent team. They're always going to be a tough out. Uh, they play everybody hard, or the bad teams don't play hard enough, and that's why you end up losing games to Tampa Bay and Detroit and yada yada yada. Uh, you know, you look at their their scores of these games down the stretch in their, uh, their six-game losing streak. All of them were close. Se- uh, all of them were single-score games except for uh, the shellacking they took from the Steelers. But th- they're always going to be a tough out. Um, and I-, I-, I think that we are a much better team. I'm not really concerned about this game. But week one, you know, it it could be worse, but it could be better than getting Carolina. It's just kind of like a game... And for the Rams, who probably aren't going to be playing their starters in the preseason at all, they never do, uh, this might be kind of a tune-up game. And if they can't let this game slip away in the first half. And I don't think they will, but it's not like Oakland last year where you know they would have had to try really hard to lose that game. But I want to talk about Cam Newton, man. He's, uh, he's a former MVP. He was a league MVP in 2015. And played damn good football. Led the team, led a fifteen and one team, thirty five touchdowns, ten interceptions. Since that season, hasn't been great. But over the last two years, it hasn't been that bad either. So he's what? What are you expecting from Cam Newton? You know, you think he'll play close to his MVP self, or will he kind of just continue to toil in you know the mediocre play he's had over the past couple of years?
3: I think he will um, play a little bit better than what we've seen recently. It all just depends on if he comes back 100% healthy, which it looks like he is. So if he's ready week one, you know, 100% healthy, I think we could see a, a, like a somewhat improved Cam Newton. I don't know if I can ever seriously say that he'll go back to his MVP season because that was just such an amazing year for him. But, yeah, I, I think overall, we're going to we're gonna see basically just a slightly improved Cam Newton, it, it, like I said, if he returns 100% healthy.
1: Yeah, I'm always a believer in Cam, but you know, like I said, he has to be 100% healthy. There were rumors that he was going to get shut down for the entire season. Uh, it doesn't seem like that's going to happen. And, by the way, as we're recording this podcast, that... Uh, Yes, a couple days ago, a video came out of Cam Newton offering somebody fifteen hundred dollars for their extra legroom seat on a plane. Did you see that?
3: I did see that. I was thinking to myself, I would have taken the money, but oh my uh, god! I, I,
1: in their defense, with a ten ten hour flight, but like I think I'd sleep in the the luggage bin for fifteen hundred dollars on a flight. Like you're basically yeah, getting I the mean, flight for free at that point exactly i mean i don't know where they were
3: flying from but uh <laughs> yeah fifteen hundred dollars I-, I can do a lot of money with that so um i can do a lot of things with that rather than not do a lot of money with it <laughs> but i can do a lot of things with that money so um yeah absolutely i would have taken that money I- in- i'm wondering why you didn't
1: in cash too all right so we're both team cam on this one some people are trying to clown him but like look i don't blame him uh that's Almost always going to work. I don't know how it didn't, but poor guy had to sit coach with the rest of us. But uh, <laughs> I don't blame him. And Cam, I would have taken that money. But look, it, Cam is, like, it's weird because, like, was the MVP season the fluke? Or was he that good and just, like, hasn't been the same yet with a team around him? Uh, while his touchdowns are probably not going to get that high passing-wise, you know, last year his... Even his rushing stats were not great. Um, over the past three years, his best year was 2017. And look, you do have to acknowledge here, we going to talk about Cam Newton. It's an odd year. Cam Newton's always better in odd years. Uh, that's just kind of a fact about him. It was a little dispelled in 2013. But if you look at his Pro Bowl years, 2011, 2013, and 2015. 2015 obviously was the MVP year. Odd season Cam Newton. I'm buying back in. I don't think he'll get to his MVP type level, but like I could see him pushing for a Pro Bowl appearance, getting close, and I think he will get back on track. But hopefully, it's not in this game. Uh, do you have a player to watch in this one from the Carolina?
3: Well, from from uh, a Rams perspective, you know, there's there's a lot of danger when it comes to certain positions. For me, the player to watch is kind of he's not a newbie. He's kind of synonymous with with the Carolina Panthers and that's uh Greg Olson you know the tight end he you go back to last season and one of the areas that the Rams struggled with consistently was at tight end and Greg Olson if he's 100% healthy and he's another one if he's 100% healthy kind of player he he can do a lot of damage you know this is a guy that can be one of the best tight ends in the league if he's healthy. So I, I kind of feel bad for Greg Olson because I think he'd be right up there with guys like Travis Kelsey and, you know, maybe Gronk, if you want to put him in the equation,
1: mm. if, if he
3: just stood healthy.
1: I think that's an you insult think- to Gronk. Oh,
3: okay, let, let me rephrase. I, I, don't, I don't think that came out right so i I'm not gonna sit here and say he's gonna be as good as grunk, but maybe up there in the in the uh category of top tight ends not saying he's necessarily as good as grunk but you know maybe top five level
1: i don't know i think I think he's a step like at his peak I think he's still a step behind that top tier obviously a beast a very good he's up there in the best tight ends in the league when he is healthy but I don't think he's on that Gronk level where, you know, you're the top guy. You no, know, he was all even in his peak, he was always a step behind that top level, I think. Um, and look, the guy really he played he played four years in Chicago before he got to Carolina and, you know, kind of broke out later in his career. But that's it's not disrespecting Greg Olson, that's more saying I think you're underrating the top tier of tight ends here. They're they're very good. Uh, Gronk is no, the best ever, I think. And Olsen's a l- little bit behind those guys. But, look, he was a very good player. And health has kind of derailed his late career research, unfortunately. It'll be awesome to see him healthy this year. I don't know how much he's got left in him. But I'd love to see him healthy. My X Factor, also in the passing game, is DJ Moore. Rookie last year, came along strong late in the season. Uh, the Panthers liked him so much that they let... Devin Funch's walk and look I don't blame them Uh, the guy got paid a shitload of money uh, which I don't really understand but DJ Moore rookie year 788 yards two touchdowns he's gonna be relied on as you know maybe the the number one target in this passing game obviously it's he's number one among the receivers but you mentioned Olsen and of course Christian McCaffrey are gonna be big targets in the passing game I'm curious to see how DJ Moore steps up to the plate as a number one option. He looked good last year, but he might need to take another step for this team as an offense to kind of take another step. But enough about the Panthers. Let's get to our predictions here. Johnny, what are you giving for this game?
3: You know, ultimately, I, I think it's going to be a little bit closer than what it might be if it was down the stretch. I think this is, again, another another year of the Rams trying to shake off the rust because you know we know Sean McVay isn't gonna start any of the starters in the preseason for good reasons so for that reason I'm gonna say 31 20 Rams
1: I'm gonna go 27 17 Rams Uh, look the Panthers aren't bad but we're better we should win this game Uh, if, if you know if we come out there It might be a little tune-up at first. I don't think the first half is going to look great, but I think ultimately we get it together and we win this game. I'm not really that worried about this one. Let's move on to week two. The New Orleans Saints are marching into Los Angeles. The last time we saw the New Orleans Saints play, they blew a 13-0 lead in the NFC Championship. Sean Payton inexplicably called two passing plays under two minutes. In the red zone, when the Rams had all their timeouts. And the Rams, and that's all that happened in that series. Uh, he called two bad plays, nothing else, nothing to see here. Saints kick a field goal, <laughs> give the Rams so much time on the clock. And look, when you give a team that much time on the clock, you don't make them waste their timeouts. You know what's going to happen. They're going to march down the field, pun intended, kick a field goal, lose a coin toss in overtime. Drew Brees chokes, throws an interception, and the Rams win and go to the Super Bowl twenty six to twenty three. How excited are you to see the Saints again?
3: Oh, I'm very excited, but I, I don't think I'm nearly as excited as Steve is. I mean, Woo! I think I think when the schedule was released, I think Steve like marked his calendar prematurely. Like I, I he, he sensed when this was coming. Like he didn't even want to see the the schedule release. He's like, I already know when it is.
1: I'm very excited for this game. Uh, You know, I've been waiting for this for months. Uh, I've been talking a lot of shit about Tom Payton on Twitter. Uh, If our soundbite made it into the intro, once again, we're time travelers this week. Uh, I threw it in there just for my boy, Uh, the Jeff Fisher with the ring is what I call him. But let's talk a little bit about the Saints here. I'm curious how you feel about this team heading into 2019. Uh, They ran it back. For the most part, they brought in some act some new players. I uh, they lost some players. We'll talk about that in a minute, but what do you think this team no, what do you expect from them in twenty nineteen? You think they take a step forward? You think they take a step back? You think they're kinda the same team?
3: I think if anything they took a slight, ever so slight step back. Not a huge step back. And the reason why I say this is well, I'm just gonna bring it up, Mark Ingram. You know, losing Mark Ingram is going to be a huge blow. And, yes, they, they did bring in uh, – L- L- it was Latavius Murray, right?
1: Yep. Latavius Murray is yeah. going to be backing up Alvin Kamara now.
3: Yeah. So, no offense to Murray because I think he's a talented running back also. But you're, you're just not going to be able to replace uh, Mark Ingram with, with Latavius Murray. It's just – it's not not a – it's it's not possible to replace him with with Murray. So for that reason alone, I feel like they take they took a huge step back because Ingram was a huge part of the offense. I don't think people realize that. He really was.
1: Well, can I, can I play devil's advocate here? Sure. You, Let's do you, it. <laughs> you look at um the Alvin Kamara's numbers before um Wow, why can't I find him on pro football reference? There we go. You look at Alvin Kamara's number before Mark Ingram came back, I mean, the dude was torching, absolutely torching. I think when Ingram came back, they obviously had to work him back into the offense because, look, he's too good not to be worked into the offense. But if if you rely on Kamara like you were in those first four games of the season last year, uh, he was fucking destroying teams. And I think he's good enough to do that. Maybe not at that insane level, but I think they kind of limited his, you know, what he was doing by giving Ingram the ball so much. And you bring him with Tavis Murray, he's worse, and for that reason, he won't be being used as much. But I think it is an opportunity for them to unleash Camara a little bit because, you know, as we know firsthand, that dude—we uh, we finally, finally contained him in the NFC Championship last year, but. The other two times we played them, and especially in his rookie year, he kicked our ass. He is a beast. He's pound for pound, maybe the most talented offensive weapon in the game. And I think losing Ingram will hurt this offense in a way, but giving Kamara the ball more and relying on him more, uh, the only thing you're really risking there is he's small and it might risk his injury, but you got to give him the ball more because I, honestly, he's their best offensive player. And I think that includes Michael Thomas. And it's not to say that they'll be better without Ingram, but I don't think they'll be as missing as much of a step as you're saying.
3: Uh, you know, I, I will. I will agree with you to an extent that that Kamara is for sure one of their better players, if not the best player on offense, for sure. I, I can I can give you that, but at the same time. You're you're lo- you're really losing an added dimension of the game here. I I, I really think the Ingram is going to be a factor in this game, especially because when you think about it, it's less to prepare for. We already, I mean, there's no easy way to to you know prepare for Alvin Kamara. It's just not easy, you know. Right. Uh,
1: and you're not you and, don't have to prepare for Latavius Murray.
3: No, not really. Uh, if, if I'm going to be honest, <laughs> but. But that's why i'm saying i I do think it's it's a a little bit of a step back but again it's not a whole lot i'm i'm not saying that they're they're going to be a worse team than they were in last year it's just a slight step because this is still a very dangerous football team and certainly going to be in the discussion for super bowl uh contendership for sure
1: yeah they went 13 and 3 last year Probably would have been 14-2, but they lost a meaningless game where they benched most of their players against Carolina in the final week of the season. Uh, And then, look, (laughs) I know we hate to say it, but they were a missed call away from the Super Bowl. Uh, Obviously, you can't put all the blame into one play, as we've been saying for months. Uh, They made a lot of mistakes in that game. They had had a chance after the flag to win it, but you you can still also say, if you're a Saints fan, we're a missed call away from the Super Bowl. It's as simple as that. And they'll be back next year. You know, you have Drew Brees. I don't expect him to, you know, regress. If he regresses, maybe a little bit. But he's already regressed as a, as a passer, and he's retooled. He's gotten better in different ways, even though he can't, you know, launch the ball as much as he used to be able to. So I think they'll be right back in the mix. Will they win the NFC or will they be the number one seed? I don't know. I think we're just as much in that as them, but they're certainly going to be in the mix, and I'd be surprised if they want a top three seed. Uh, there's just too much talent on this team to not be. But speaking of <laughs> talent, I guess, I still can't fucking believe they signed Jared Cook.
3: <laughs> I know you've been waiting and anxiously waiting to talk about Jared Cook. So let's talk about Jared Cook.
1: How quickly do you think he drops a pass and then shoves Drew Brees and blames it on him?
3: You know, I'd like to say he would, but you know what? Derek Carr was passing to him last year, and uh, he didn't really drop too many of his passes, so there's
1: that. (sighs) Tell me about it. He, He stopped dropping passes the moment he left St. Louis. He just turned back into the player he used to be. And look, you can blame Jeff Fisher for a lot of the bad offensive players, but anyone who watched the Rams during that time period knows Jared Cook was not his fault. The dude jogged all over the field, dropped so many passes, and never, like Sean Payton, there'll be a match made in heaven because neither of them take responsibility for their own actions.
3: <laughs> Tell us how you really feel there, Steve. I, I I think you're you might be on the cusp of telling us how you really feel about Jared Cook
1: i've said it enough uh how about you tell me your x factor or the player you're watching on the saints in this game because it sure as hell for me and jared cook
3: <laughs> you know i thought about saying jared cook just to piss you off but i'll, I'll be serious here for a second i mean
1: look my the, the rams struggle to guard tight ends jared cook had 180 yards the last time we played him so he very well could be but go on <laughs>
3: Uh, my my X Factor is Kamara. I, I think uh, anyone else here, there, you could make an argument for Drew Brees. You could make an argument for Michael Thomas, uh, even Jared Cook, if you really wanted to. But Kamara is, is the real deal here. And, you know, while they did lose uh, Mark Ingram, as Steve's been boasting about the whole podcast so far, uh, Alvin Kamara is a force to be reckoned with. And uh, I, I, I'm hoping that they can contain him like they did in the NFC uh, Championship game. But uh, we'll see. I, I'm, I'm really excited to see you know what uh, preventative measures they put there to stop uh, Alvin Kamara.
1: Yeah, I think they finally you know kind of figured out Kamara in the NFC Championship game. Um, was it? There was a game last. Last year, I'm not great to, Where they ran the same play to Kamara like a million times in a row, right? Was that the regular season game?
3: Yes, it was. They just
1: kept dumping it off to him, and he kept just getting yards. It might have even been this game because, you know, looking at their play sheet, uh, they had a drive where they threw the ball to Kamara short for eight to nine yards four times on one drive. Um, And then after that, I think the Rams started – Pushing him off the line a little bit, they started getting contact early, and that kind of, they were kind of able to shut him down from there, which was huge. Now it finally seemed after eleven quarters of playing the guy that they figured out how to guard him. So he's always an X factor. Uh, historically, he whoops our ass, and hopefully we can figure out what an answer for him here. You know, we might see some Taylor rap guarding him. Uh, that might be his kind of welcome to the league game. I don't know how that'll go, but we'll see what happens. I'm going to go with Michael Thomas, though, just to switch it up. And because, look, the Rams played the Saints twice. One time, Michael Thomas absolutely abused us. Uh, Sean Payton infamously said they were targeting him and they were happy with the matchup. Uh, Marcus Peters said, keep talking that shit. We'll see you again. And then they ate gumbo. We know the rest. But, look, Michael Thomas is really good. He destroyed Marcus Peters the first time we played. And the second time, he was quiet. And they won one of those games, and they lost another one. So I'm curious to see how he responds to, you know, he, he's he been crying all off season, as Rams Twitter would say. They're not totally wrong. Uh, he's been complaining about this call more than anybody, except maybe Sean Payton in his post-game press conference. But that's a big X factor. You know, if he can play like he did the first time we played last year, it might be a tough day for us. Uh, but Johnny – Let's get to our predictions. I want to hear what you got to say.
3: Okay, so this is not going to be an easy game. This is this is going to be a tough game, but I think home field advantage is going to really make a difference here. And I think that the Rams end up pulling this one out in a in a very close contest. I'm I'm going to say
1: 24-17. This a lot of people are going to point to this game and say The Saints have been eyeing this game since the NFC Championship ended. Uh, They were so close to going to the Super Bowl. Uh, The Rams are celebrating a game they didn't deserve to win. Uh, You know They've been vocal about it. They've been vocal about this call. They're going to come in, and they're going to be ready to fucking play. But you know what? I'm going to go the opposite here. How about the team that's been listening to how they didn't deserve to be in the Super Bowl, that the Saints got screwed because of one bad call near the end of the game, Uh, How about the fact that people have just been saying they didn't deserve there and that if the Saints made the Super Bowl, they wouldn't have scored three points and they would have beaten the Patriots. I'm going to go say the Rams come in here with a massive chip on their shoulder and they beat the shit out of the Saints in a 41 to 24 route on America's game of the week. That's how I feel about this game. I think the Rams are going to whoop their ass.
3: That's a that's a very passionate prediction, Stephen. I think it's very uh, on-brand, too. <laughs> you know, I I I sincerely hope I'm wrong here. I hope that uh, Steve's prediction is right in this case. But, yeah, I'm going to have to butt heads with you on this one, man. I, I As much as I'd love to see it happen, the Saints are just too talented of a team for me to think that they're going to kick their ass. But uh, we'll you see. You said Rams Hopefully win, though, right. right? I did say the Rams won.
1: Okay. All right. So we're both two and We will move on to the next few games on our schedule, but first, guys, most of us are practically addicted to anything Los Angeles Rams. Well, if you want to learn a bit more about the team's history, a little bit of a personal touch, you gotta to check out our friend Jim Hawk's book, Hollywood's Team, Grit, Glamour, and the Nineteen Fifties Los Angeles Rams by Jim Hawk. This book tells the story of the nineteen fifties Rams, Dulun's Jim's dad John, who was an offensive lineman for the team from nineteen fifty three to nineteen fifty seven. Check out a son's story of his father and the team he played for in the era of glitz, glamour, and future Hall of Famers. You're going to read about players like Norm Van Brocklin, Crazy Like Church, Tom Fierce, and Les Richters in this excellent story spanning the 1950s Los Angeles Rams, as well as just kind of the city of LA and the sports landscape before the Dodgers came in, and how the Dodgers came in is talked about a lot in this book in general. Uh, This is an awesome read, guys, and if you want to get your hands on the book, if you haven't yet, what are you doing? Go get your hands on it. Order it online at hollywoodsteam.com. Uh, you can find the hardback in the electronic form at Amazon and Barnes & Noble and through various other booksellers on the internet. And the paperback is coming in September. Johnny and I have both read this book from cover to cover. Uh, it's really an awesome story about uh, about the Rams, about the team in L.A., some great players, some great history. Uh, but it's also just a great story about a person's father and the legacy left behind. Again, guys, trust me, you won't regret it. team. Rick glamour, and the 1950s Los Angeles Rams by Jim Hawk. It is well worth your time. All right, week three, Johnny. A game a lot of people are going to be highlighting on their calendars. Believe it or not, it's against the Cleveland Browns. A talk about a comeback story. The Browns go from going 0 in 16 uh, in 2017. They come back. Uh, Hugh Jackson infamously gets fired because he refuses to play uh, <laughs> Blake uh, Baker Mayfield why did I forget Baker Mayfield's name but a lot went into that but look uh Greg Williams becomes the interim coach and the team they take off they finish the season going five and two uh, Baker Mayfield flexes looks great Nick Chubb looks phenomenal uh, everything's clicking miles Garrett it's kicking ass and then in the offseason they add Odell Beckham Sheldon Richardson Olivier Vernon and in the um Morgan Burnett and in the second half of the season they're going to be getting Kareem Hunt back from suspension are you buying into the Browns hype Johnny because people are saying they're the favorites to win the division you know I I am buying
3: into the hype a little bit just because I think that the Cleveland Browns have a really great team on paper. And that, you know, on paper, that does mean a little something, but it'll be interesting to see this this crew out together, see how well they gel, and see how well they just work together in general. I, I think overall it should be fine just because last year, like you said, they finished on a high note and, uh, you know, should be – should be a good team. I'm thinking, I don't know if I'm going to go as far as to say that they'll be, you know, super bowl favorites or anything, but I, I have, I've seen predictions where people are predicting the, the Browns to win the super bowl. And I'm like, let's see them play first.
1: <laughs> I mean, Hey man, I, I'm not going to predict and win the super bowl, but I, this team has a lot going for them. They could end up being the Jaguars, but I don't think they will because the big difference is Blake Bortles. No disrespect to our backup, I love him, but like <laughs> you, you can kind of tell he was peaking during that season. Whereas Baker, I don't think anyone would say that the case uh, almost or very close to winning rookie of the year. I mean, he was he was kicking ass during that run. He he's got a high motor. He wants to win. Um, and look, as far as rookie years go. That was a pretty, pretty solid rookie year campaign uh, from a first year quarterback. Man, I mean, twenty seven touchdowns, fourteen interceptions, uh, almost four thousand yards, and thirteen starts. I mean, look, the guy played great. He looks great. He's the number one pick for a reason. Uh, went from being from walking on to college. It's an incredible story, but uh, he's an excellent prospect. He's just going to keep getting better. I think. Even if he has a little bit of a sophomore slump, he looked good enough in his rookie year that you're not really going to be concerned about it. Uh, Nick Chubb he obviously looked phenomenal once they traded Carlos Hyde and fired Hugh Jackson and released him a little bit. And look, the defense is there. Miles Garrett, one of the better defensive players in the league. They brought in a lot of depth and talent to that defensive line. And obviously the big moose was Odell Beckham. I've always been a Beckham believer. I people call him a diva, but look, man. I it, to me, when he's freaking out on the sidelines, it's just because he's passionate. He he wants to win. To me, it never seemed like he's freaking out because he wasn't getting the ball or anything. He was mad that his team was losing or that when they were trying to throw him the ball, it wasn't coming to him. I think he's knows the perception of him, and I think he's going to do everything to turn it around. And you now he's playing next to one of his best friends in Jarvis Landry. Uh, with the best quarterback he's had in ages, you know, Eli has not been good in a while. He's going to be committed. I think he's going to have one hell of a season. And I, this team is going to be really, really exciting to watch. And I, I'm looking forward to seeing them, man. This is going to be an awesome game. Uh, primetime Sunday night football. Third player you're going to be looking to watch in on this one?
3: To be honest, there's there's quite a few players to, to be on the lookout for. Just on the offensive side of the football, you brought up a couple of them. Uh, you know, Odell is, is definitely going to be up on the top of the list, along with, you know, Chubb, who I think is a very underrated running back. Uh, you know, there, there's quite a few guys to, to pick here, but I think my player to watch for is on the defensive side of the football, and that's Miles Garrett. One of the reasons being is isn't just because he's a talented player, but because when Jared Goff is pressured, we've seen kind of the results of that. So he, you know, in order to win this football game, you know,
2: <laughs>
3: you're going to need Jared Goff to be on his best game. So it's going to be interesting to see what Sean McVay does to combat Miles Garrett. And it's not even just Miles Garrett either. You know, they they beefed up that defensive line. It's going to be, it's going to be really scary to to watch. And I think, what's going to get the rams through this game is how they're able to contain the front seven of the, of the browns and miles garrett is 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 a scary guy going up against a uh, mostly inexper- inexperienced uh, offensive line so that's my number one concern going into this game what are your thoughts steve
1: that defense is good man uh, garrett and denzel ward are studs uh, greedy Williams coming in at cornerback that was a nice pick we'll, we'll see how he steps up but to me I think I go Baker here man I think this is going to be a big moment for him uh, it's somehow they have five or three of their first five games are in prime time but you know, week one they play an afternoon game against the Titans week two Monday Night Football against the Jets obviously a lot a lot of eyes are going to be on that game as you know the Browns being an upcoming team but This game, look, no disrespect to the Titans and Jets. I don't think either of those teams are that good. Uh, They're not bad teams by any means, but they're not us. And this game, all eyes are going to be on Cleveland to kind of prove that they're legit. And all these guys, you know, Odell, uh, Miles Garrett, as you mentioned, those guys' eyes are going to be on them. But Baker, it all starts and ends with your quarterback. And this is going to be a game where he, uh, we need to see, you know, Can he really do it? Can he lead this team to high-profile victories when it really matters? You know, last year when they went on that winning streak, it really didn't matter. Like, the odds of them making the playoffs were very, very slim. But uh, he had nothing to lose, and he barely lost. So I think Baker Mayfield's my guy here. But prediction chime, Johnny. Who do you got winning this game?
3: I think this one is going to turn into an offensive war. It's going to it's going to be have its tough moments where you'll probably even see a, a couple of defensive scores, kind of like what we saw against the Kansas City Chiefs. And that's what I'm kind of banking for is kind of a combined offensive and defensive effort to, you know, get points on the scoreboard here. And I think it's going to it's gonna be a forty-two to a thirty-five victory for the Rams.
1: This game is; it should be awesome. I agree with that statement. It should be high-scoring, some defensive scores. Um, both teams are very exciting, obviously, and uh, it's crazy to say that about the Browns. But look, to me, this game means a lot more to them than it means to us. Now, we're, we're good; we've proven ourselves. Uh, we're not playing for. The, for, you know, we're playing this season, the ultimate goal is to be playing in February. And obviously you need to win a lot of regular season games to get there. But I think to the Browns, you know, this game maybe they're coming out coming out party of sorts. This game may be, you know, proving that they're legit. And for that reason, I'm going to go 35-34 Browns. I, I, look, I don't think there's any panic if we lose this game at all. Uh, I, as you'll see during these picks, I'm still going to pick the Rams to have a pretty high amount of wins, but I think the Browns are just really, really going to win this game. It's in Cleveland. The crowd is going to be hyped and it's week three, man. You know, this, this game is not as important to us as it is them. And for a lot of other reasons, because I think the Browns have a lot of good players, but I think they sneak away with a victory here.
3: Fair enough. But while my player to watch was Miles Garrett i'm gonna I'm gonna raise you an Aaron Donald, and I think that's gonna be the biggest factor in this game. I think Aaron Donald's gonna cause a lot of disruption to a very young Baker Mayfield. Don't get me wrong, Baker Mayfield is a very talented quarterback and he's gonna be a talented quarterback for many years to come, but I don't think he's really faced a force like Aaron Donald quite yet so uh good luck to you baker you're gonna need it
1: <laughs> this our deep could be a good test for our defense because they have a good tight end we don't do very well against those uh they have a very good running back uh if duke johnson is there and not pouting you know he he'll be tough for us to guard and they two very good receivers it'll be a good test for marcus peters as well uh, this i'm really excited for this game man uh First three weeks, I mean, Saints and then the Browns back-to-back, those are going to be awesome games. And unfortunately, there's a chance we start out one and two. But I don't think it's going to happen, but we need to advise everyone if it does. We don't need to panic. It's a long season. And as we'll talk about right now in week four, it's going to get easier. Week four, we play at home against Tampa Bay, the Buccaneers. Bruce Arians back as the head coach. Now, what do you expect from all Bruce in this Tampa Bay squad? You know, I,
3: I think Bruce Arians got a, a bad rap in, in in Arizona. I just think the kind of piss-poor decision-making that Arizona – I mean, say what you will about Kyler Murray and everything, that's, that's all good and well. But they just traded away a guy that they invested a, a first-round pick as their quarterback and traded him in just one year. That says a lot about the franchise. You know, not that Tampa Bay's any better – in decision making but i will say that tampa bay i think it's going to be a better destination for bruce arians so it's best not to overlook a bruce arians coach team but uh i i do i do expect to see an improved uh, tampa bay team maybe not enough to make a difference for the rams but enough to see a difference in the overall final
1: standings yeah you think that i mean look it's <laughs> where where can they go but up, man? They were they were fucking terrible last year. Uh, still managed to win five games, but like that was that was not a good football team. Uh, they had a little bit of fun with Ryan Fitzpatrick early in the year, but after that, it, it, shit went downhill. But they do. It's magic. <laughs> you look at that offense, man. Arian Key. It's interesting. He inherits a team with some very good players at some important positions. Some question marks at others, and just some groups that are flat out not good. But let's let's start at quarterback. Jameis Winston—he's in the last year of his contract. It could very well be his last year with Tampa Bay or being a starter in general. But I, what what's your read on Winston, man? I, what do you how do you think he shows out this year in a contract year, where um, as we know for quarterbacks? a lot of money is going to be on the the line.
3: You know, I do think we'll see a more motivated Jameis Winston, and and I think for that reason you might see a little bit better play out of him, considering he's healthy. But I, I don't know, man. Jameis Winston, you know, was constantly, you know, shuffling through the rotation with him and, and Fitzpatrick last season. And, you know, no offense to – you know, fits magic here, but uh, that's not exactly what you want to see. You know, uh, uh, essentially, a journeyman, an, an older journeyman, is beating you out, and you were supposed to be the star. You know, the future of the franchise. Uh, that's not a good sign for both Tampa Bay and Jameis. So, hopefully, if if I'm Jameis, I'm playing with the with the chip on my shoulder. You know, trying to to put play my best football out there. So I do think we will see a little bit better play out of him. But I think it's very unrealistic to think that this guy is going to, you know, become the sudden stud. I I, I would be very surprised if he does. Uh, what are you thinking, Steve?
1: I, I've always said that Jameis was going to be the next Eli Manning. Uh, because, look, sometimes you go out there and you watch him and he looks like that Heisman Trophy national champion that he was in college. Uh, you wonder how this guy can even be questioned because he looks so damn good. And then other times, uh, he, you question how he's even playing in the NFL. Uh, he's very, wildly inconsistent, but uh, and you could say that's unfair to Eli. Uh, Eli fluked into two Super Bowls, and by fluked, I mean looked like God for those two games. But you take away those two Super Bowls, and he certainly isn't a giant for his entire career. Uh, he almost certainly either gets traded or signed somewhere else at some point. But uh, back back to Jameis, I, I don't I don't know what to expect from him. I my gut tells me that this is going to be his last year in Tampa. But it I do think he starts somewhere next year. I think he's just good enough to get people to believe that maybe if you take him out and put him somewhere else, he could be good. But he does have good weapons you know Mike Evans and Chris Godwin are very good receivers and OJ Howard's emerging as one of the better tight ends in the league unfortunately they have no running game and they made no effort to fix it and uh, we can talk about that in a second but um I don't know man I really like Jamin coming Jamin's coming out of college but it's been such a weird career for him I, I don't know what, like, what to make of him, man? He's it's such an odd player, and this is really going to be a make-or-break season because you get a guy who's historically been very good with quarterbacks and Bruce Arians. This this has kind of got to be it. You know, he's he's got to step up here. He's got to have a good year. Yeah,
3: absolutely. I think uh, with Winston, I, I think he is, like I said, I do think he will step up from time to time at, because it is a contract year for him. He, this is his last chance to make the big money. And and I think regardless, he will make you know good money. Any, no matter what you know happens to him this year, but uh, we'll see just how much money he makes. And, and this game will be a, a good indicator for not only him but for the fans of Tampa.
1: Yeah, well, let's talk about players. We'll be watching this game. I just mentioned the running backs. I'm gonna be watching Ronald Jones or Peyton Barber or whoever their running backs are. Like, I I don't understand how this team didn't add a running back here. And I'm sorry, they did add Andre Ellington um, in their (laughs) backfield, but entering the season with Peyton Barber as a starter, Ronald Jones as a backup Jones, who was notoriously terrible last year as a rookie. But look, sometimes players emerge late, you know, Similar to Ronald Jones, Jay Ajayi was a healthy scratch a lot in his rookie year, and in his second year, he went from being a healthy scratch in week one to running for 200 yards multiple times in single games. So, I'm curious to see how Jones comes out, USC product uh, for Trojan fans out there. I I want to see this guy. I We barely got to see him last year. I want to know if he sucks or not. Maybe he's good, maybe he's not. He's probably not, but... I, I just, I'll be watching this backfield because I don't get it. I, I don't get how they didn't add anybody.
3: Fair enough, fair enough. For For me, the player to watch is uh, our old good buddy, uh, Nugdomic and Sue. I, I had to put that out there. Ah, I
1: forgot. Yeah,
3: yeah that, we can't forget about our good old buddy, Nugdomic and Sue, you know? No. I just think. <laughs> Good point. Other than him being like a friendly face, it's just so satisfying to say, "McDomican." I don't know why, but it is. <laughs> but as far as Sue is concerned, I'm, I'm mainly I'm not. To be honest with you, I'm not that concerned. Even even though our offensive line is still a little iffy, not okay, a lot iffy, just because we don't know what we have yet. Uh, I'm I'm more I'm more interested to see how he plays on a different team, you know, and, and keep in mind that he he's not on the same complementary defensive line as the Rams had, you know, it's not bad. Don't get me wrong, but it's not nearly the same level as the Rams defensive line. So I, I'm really interested to see what, what, uh, what, what an can sue does against the Rams here.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, not bad but it's a pretty significant downgrade because you don't have aaron donald next to you but i mean jpp and Viva, those are solid players uh also lost a guy we're a big fan of on defense Quan alexander but they did draft Devin white linebacker with the fifth pick so i'm curious to see how this defense plays and sue so, uh he didn't get the long term i don't know if he wanted long term money but i uh, got nine million from tampa bay down from what he got from us last year so it's another contract year for him he may be looking to continue to get, make some dough late in his career and a game against his former team i feel like he doesn't have any bad blood towards us but you never know uh, maybe he's looking to make a statement but give me your prediction on this game johnny it's our last one of the pod do you have the rams going four and
3: yeah no doubt about it four and here and I think this is going to be a huge statement game for the Rams saying, hey, we're a for-real team out here. And uh, I, I still think that they, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have you know some players on there. You mentioned guys like Mike Evans, who I'm a big fan of. Um, I, I still think they're going to get some points on the board. But in the end, the Rams are just going to overwhelm them. I, I see a 56-28 to 28 victory. Yeah,
1: 56?
3: <laughs> yes, sir.
1: <laughs> I
3: They're I agree with your
1: sentiment. <laughs> I had 31 to 17, but like not a close 31 to 17. Like uh you're up 28 to 3 at halftime and then you kind of just control the game for the rest of it. So, you got them 4 and 0. I got them 3 and 1. Uh I and again, it's weird because tough games to start the season, man it's they really could end up two and two after the stretch.
3: Oh, it's very possible. I think, uh, you know, the, our our predictions are very preliminary, too, that we still haven't gone through preseason, you know, so we, we don't know who we're going to even have at week one. So there could be some major injuries that happen. Hopefully not, but there could be major injuries that happen from now until then that may make us change our minds and and make us uh go the two and two route instead of the three and one or four and o route. So we'll see.
1: Yeah, and look, uh, we'll talk about these games next week. Seattle, San Francisco, Atlanta, Cincinnati. So even if they start two and two, it's a pretty reasonable path to getting to six and two before the bye. Um it's Saints in week two is it's a tough ask, man, but that I'm really looking forward to that game and obviously Cleveland as we mentioned. But uh we can wrap it up here. You got any parting thoughts for our listeners as they listen to this podcast sixteen days from now.
3: Just uh that just get ready some for some football, man. Uh, I know it seems like so far away and it really is, but uh at least now we get to wait for the Dodgers, you know, to win some more games there before uh <laughs> before the season starts so we'll see
1: (laughs) all right well uh yeah football's almost here man a couple weeks away from preseason all right uh don't forget to follow us on twitter at talk rams you can find me at steve barrow and you can find johnny at johnny596 and of course find rams talk on facebook and subscribe to our podcast wherever you're getting your podcast five-star reviews like rate subscribe for johnny gomez steve barrow talk to you guys next week
2: The NBA is back. Where else can a city this loud be this left on? And 30 feet is still in range.
1: Where else is history still in a make? The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV.
2: It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust.